Waited for the beat to drop. Rage interview post game. Matt Miguez, Jerry, and Josh join me. Cajuns absolutely dominate Texas State on homecoming. 45 to nothing. First shutout for the Cajuns in nine years. And the last time, it was against an FCS opponent. So, I mean, you kind of expect a shutout. Once again, region review post game. Matt, Jerry, Josh. Man, what a beautiful day. I mean, the weather was just perfect for football. Y'all feel free to chime in at any time. <laughs> I thought you were going to add in. I thought you were going to add mean, in more to it. I was uh, I was waiting for like that. You were crickets. talking about the extra beat to drop. I was like, beautiful day for football. And then I was waiting for like the tailgating or the, the crowd. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we can we can talk about all that also. I mean, the tailgating was phenomenal. The crowd, Jesus Christ, 29,000. How, how do yeah. you... I mean, the, I read on I read on Facebook. Somebody said it was the 14th largest crowd in program history. Yeah, I mean, I how, how do you complain was, with that for an 11 o'clock kickoff? I think that might have been the largest crowd in the Bill and Billy Napier era. For sure, too, had, to been. had to have been. Had to have been unless unless Grambling outside, was bigger. Yeah, I was going to say maybe outside of the Grambling game, I'd his, have to look his that very up. first game here. Yeah, yeah. Um, very pleased overall. Very pleased with um, with the crowd. Very pleased with the atmosphere. Just very pleased with the game as a whole. Uh, I thought it was a great, um, just a great game all around as far as the results, the fact that it was homecoming, the crowd, the, the, the tailgating atmosphere in the parade was a blast this morning. Um, had the chance to go out there early and, um, you know, to go see, go see some of these awesome floats, go see some of the local celebrities celebrated, celebrated. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a great day, man. Perfect weather, just perfect setting overall. Um, and now I'm, now I'm actually kind of tired. Some, some wore me out, <laughs> but, uh, got to get that energy back for Thursday. we got a quick turnaround in five days. Josh, what you got? Uh, it was a great day for the program. It really, it really was. Um, There's not a whole lot to critique today. Uh, um, uh, the crowd, the crowd was, it was great. It was, uh, it was fun to be at the field for the first time in a long time. Um, I guess twenty-eight five. We ended up with twenty-eight, twenty-eight eight, twenty-eight seven nine forty. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's round that up to twenty-nine. Yeah, and I mean. What are you going to say about that? I mean, that is uh, twenty nine thousand for a home. Twenty nine thousand for an eleven o'clock. That's what I'm saying. You know, if I if I could be a little bit presumptuous, I think we could have gotten thirty five plus for a four o'clock for sure, a a regular four o'clock game. Um, But you know, shout out to the fans that showed up and tailgated. I mean, look, I couldn't brave it because I got the kiddos, but. For the people who showed up and were cooking last night, uh, we went for the Hall of Fame ceremonies and we saw people cooking and had fires and the TVs rolling watching the games last night. So people were ready to go. Uh, 
it's, it's amazing what we did today. Atmosphere was good. Uh, team played well outside of the first quarter. Uh, man, I, I don't have a lot to critique today. It was, it was a win. It was a victory for the program. Concessions were brutal. Yeah. Concessions yeah, were that... absolutely unacceptable yet again. So basically, uh, the issue here is that we can handle concessions when we have eighteen to 20,000 people in the stands. Right. Anything north of 20,000, we're going to struggle. Right. And, and that's not putting a damper on an otherwise – Really successful day, but yeah, the concessions were really bad. Also, um, this wasn't this uh, under the Billy Napier era. Uh, Grambling, his first game, twenty eight thousand eight sixty six. Today, today was twenty eight thousand so eighty more people ninety four. But but here's the thing though, look at the crowd that Grambling brought. Texas State didn't bring that right. crowd. Most today, of that crowd today was dominantly our crowd, right? It's one thing when well, Grambling it's brings his biggest, it's his biggest FBS crowd in history. Yep. I mean, it, so yeah, it was um, it was very impressive, uh, even for an eleven o'clock kickoff. That, I mean, that was even more impressive because you know we were nervous about that, right? We were nervous about that, and now it turns out that it was, I mean, and, it was as as good as you can get it for an eleven o'clock game, if and, not much better, well, much better. I, I was I would say I wasn't nervous about the eleven o'clock kick. I was nervous about the fact that they moved. The kickoff, you know, five hours up, less than two weeks away, where flights were booked, hotels were booked, right? You know, events were booked. That that was the issue for me. Yeah, it was the it was the semantics. It was the timing of it all. That was that was the true kicker. I mean, let's be honest. An eleven o'clock game isn't great, but if people had a month to plan for it, you know, you can make that happen. Two weeks, not so much. Um, but obviously, you know, as, as we've learned, the university didn't have much pull in that. It was just kind of a ESPN called you listen type of thing. But no, you know, one thing that I really want to touch on as we, as we start to, to get into the game is how much of a cleaner performance this was on the field. I mean, you dominated total yards, 425 to 220. Uh, you dominated first downs Cajuns had 24 to Texas State's 10 um we didn't turn the ball over you took care of the football zero turnovers you forced three on defense including a blocked field goal which that I've only seen that happen a handful of times at Cajun field and then the biggest thing for me is penalties boys we only had one penalty today Well, Matt, you talked about it on the last episode that we had to clean up the penalties. I think they did that. Um, you only had that. Overall, you only held. You had that one holding call on Shane Vallow on that long Chris Smith run, which I think that holding call was bullshit. Uh, well, he vehemently, vehemently denied, and he was. I mean, the ref met, and Shane was right behind him, and he was pleading his case pretty good. And I've never seen him do that. So, and if you remember, that was on a big run. That was yeah, on it, was, it was like Smith a forty run, fifty so. yard run. Yeah, it wasn't good. But other than that, yeah, they played a pretty clean game. Uh, Texas State just looked unathletic, slow, um, not well coached. I was surprised, to be honest with you. They, they did not look well coached. Now, we talked about McBride not making the start. Uh, does anybody have any information on why McBride didn't make the start and why we saw Vit exclusively? I'm going to find that out uh, because that's interesting. I hadn't heard anything. I was fully expecting Brady McBride. 
And then, to yeah, to see Tyler Vitt, that was... Tyler Vitt announced as Texas State starter due to an ankle injury to Brady McBride. Sounds fishy. Okay, that, Especially that the, the night before or the day before. Yeah, we, it's amazing we didn't hear anything about that during the week. Well, I mean, if if they're if they're good at uh, keeping things close to the vest. Well, I mean, Matt, think about it. We talked to Brant Thursday. Uh, no, that was Wednesday. We talked to him, and he hadn't heard anything about an injury to McBride. So, I mean, he's the voice of the TV. So, if he's not hearing it, it must have been kept very close to the vest. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to scroll through Twitter to see if I see anything from earlier um, that would dictate as to why. But the only thing I'm seeing, hey, regardless, regardless, they had nothing on offense. They had no, no. firepower. I mean, Tyler Vitt, their Tyler offensive Vitt was, line was totally. Uh, their offensive line was totally outmanned. I mean, the, the defensive line, especially Zion Hill, he made an impact on almost every snap that he was in the game. There was just they had no prayer offensively. They just couldn't move. They couldn't do anything. God, the only- they broke a few quarterback keepers, but outside of that, it was it was nothing. Yeah, I was I was just about to say that Tyler Vitt was their leading rusher. He had 94 yards on 15 carries. Yeah, and, and you can tell that the game plan was to stop their backfield. They didn't plan to stop Vitt, who, I mean, we played him before. I don't remember him running wild. You know, oh, no. Maybe it, in some every, every time, situation. Every time we've played him, he's, he's ran the ball very well. I'd like to have those stats, but I, I just I don't remember thinking that he was a big threat. Uh, but beyond that, Offensively, all we had to do was turn around and give it to literally anybody in the backfield. Montrell, he ran well. Uh, Terrence played well. Uh, Chris Smith, probably maybe his best game as a Cajun. Uh, you know, not not breaking like one large run. And I'm talking about consistently 8, 6, 11, 25. That happened the entire game. Anytime he got the ball, it felt like a first down. I don't know what his average was, but it has to be high. And I, I was just look. The offensive line performed very well. Felt like they knew they were better. Chris averaged they eight yards a carry. Play. I mean, that's just ridiculous. What was his total? Seventy. Nine carries for seventy yards 70. and touchdown. And that and that called back Ballo hold, which was fifty. So right, so more than one hundred for me. Yeah. I think well, what I was like, more impressed with. I think what I was more impressed with was the offense able to sustain longer drives. Um, they really didn't have big, big plays, like no you know, 50 or 60-yard scampers, but it was mostly five, six yards and just kind of milking, milking drives, milking clock, um, very methodical drives. And we really haven't seen that uh, outside of last week's you know, 10-minute drive against um, Arkansas State. We really haven't had many of those drives, and I really appreciated that because it just goes to show you the discipline – and the way that this team is, is steadily improving when you're able to kind of create those methodical drives, um, it goes to show you, you impose your will on another team and you do it and you're doing it consistently, uh, five or six yards a play. Um, I saw that with the passing game today. I saw that with the rushing attack. Um, and I felt like everybody got to touch the ball, you know, uh, Errol Rogers jr. Got some nice touches. Um, Peter LeBlanc got a, got a, got some chances to, to, to do his thing. Dante Fleming, Kyron Lacey, you know, Montreal Johnson, 
um, you know, Chris Smith, um, even, even, even TJ Wisham got a touchdown today, which was pretty awesome. Um, and then also not to mention Terrence Williams had five carries for 24 yards. Really haven't seen him too much this year. So I think everybody got a, got a touch of the rock a little bit today. And I thought that was huge because going forward, that's going to be really important uh, in that final stretch to, of the season, which is going to be the most important stretch. I think today was a huge win going forward, regardless of how bad Texas state must've looked because um, now it gets really, really, Every game matters. Every single game is going to matter with huge implications on the line uh, moving forward. So, Josh, I did some digging. Um, obviously, last year, Tyler Vitt did not play against us. It was Brady McBride. Uh, but in 2018 and 2019, Vitt was the full-time starter in both those matchups. In 19, he had 10 carries for 32 yards in the game. And then in 18, he had 17 carries for 92 yards. So this is the second 17 time. 17 for 92 yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty hefty number, and I guess sometimes when you play these teams like we do in conference, you, you kind of there's little things that stick out in your mind about them. Vit rushing the football wasn't one of them, and maybe it's because it's been three years since he really hurt us. Uh, but I mean, I think we would agree that th- those that was a different time. Yeah, no, it do- it totally was. He was in that throwing the ball. I mean, you could tell. His, oh yeah, six six for thirteen it, for forty two yards and a and a pick. It, it's hard to really grade him because he just got dominated. Their offensive line just got totally dominated. So, of course, it's difficult to grade his individual performance. But I grade our overall defensive performance as an A++. Yeah, no, de- defense was phenomenal. Um, Percy Butler played out of his damn mind, uh, which I've got a whole conversation about Percy Butler in a second. But... Uh, I thought Cam Desclo had a good game, and um, I'm drawing him. Makai Garner was was another guy that just had a great game in, in the secondary. I mean, you you force three turnovers. That's a that's a win. You know, this defense just has a way to swarm to the football. Um, even you know, outside of I mean, look, was it, was it Vit had a few chances to break some runs off, but that was it. You know, um, they were the only real opportunity or real quote unquote threat that Texas State showed was whenever they opened up passing lanes, Fit would take off and get his, you know, 15 yards rushing or whatever, 15, 20 yard runs. But that was all they could do. And I think that complements the defense and their schemes. I think that complements the defense and the way that they they're able to sniff the football out. And they did that today. Um, any type of any type of time when when Texas State would try to spread spread out, spread their offense. Um, it seemed like there was always some Cajun defender waiting to just to just yeah. mash and be very physical. This, this, um, this defense is unreal, man. And on top of that, look at the depth. I think the depth, we really exposed our depth on defense today as well. Um, number of guys that sub in and out and just how everybody's in sync. Um, you know, even, even, the, even the second string guys that rotate in really just – it's like they pick up from where the first string leaves off when they sub in. It's it's amazing seeing the depth of talent that we have as well. Josh, let me ask you something. Um, I'm not sure where you were sitting in in the stadium today, but I've asked I've asked Jerry this question, and so I'm going to ask you this question as well. Was that targeting on Percy Butler? Uh, no. Okay, I didn't. I, think, I didn't think so either. 
and I'm I'm a lot more liberal with the targeting call, but uh, no, I did not think it was. I thought it was a very clean hit. Yeah, it was a little high, but that's also due to the fact that the receiver crouched down a little bit to brace for the hit. I thought the hit was a very clean hit. He did not lead with his head. He led with his shoulder. He did not hit near the head. It was an upper body hit. I I don't I don't understand. There there was no launching. There was no like I don't So I I'm looking at the NCAA rule book for the for the jargon on targeting. And a player leaving his feet to attack an opponent by an upward and forward thrust of the body to make forcible contact in the head or neck area. Didn't happen. A crouch followed by an upward and forward thrust to attack with forcible contact at the head or neck area, even though one or both feet are still on the ground. Didn't happen. Leading with helmet, shoulder, forearm, fist, hand, or elbow to attack with forcible contact at the head or neck area. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop right there. What the hell else are you supposed to lead with? Would you want him to lead with his foot? Like this targeting rule, I don't, I don't curse on here often, but this targeting rule is freaking bullshit. Well, I think the, the problem is is that it, it, it really, with the rule, it's almost making coaches teach a different technique on how to tackle on the fundamentals and the basics of tackle to the point where, you, you know, anytime a player has momentum, sometimes you lower your shoulder, they, they throw a flag for targeting. Like you, and, and that's where, how do you, so what do you, when you're at practice, how was a coach supposed to teach a player how to tackle? Well, not only that, dude, you know that a call is crap when Billy Napier, probably one of the calmest head coaches I have ever seen, takes his entire headset and throws it. And not just not just the headset, the box on his hip and everything. Throws the whole damn thing. You yeah, know it's a crap angle, call. From my angle, Percy's hit, it was a nice hit. It was, I thought it was a clean hit. And, now, and um, now he's got to sit I, for the first half why. of the Georgia State game. Yeah, I, I saw it too. I, I saw it in real time. He was coming in quick from a certain angle and... To say that was an intentional targeting call, I, I don't know about that, man. And and maybe it's our bias showing, but from what I saw, they've got I, they have got to do the rule book this off season. They have to. There's way it's way too subjective. There's way exactly. too much yes. judgment. Agree. Look, you can't tackle. I don't care if it's NFL. I don't care if it's college football. You can't tackle any other way. Sometimes you're gonna make contact. There is no malicious intent. Sometimes you're just gonna make contact. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like he was diving into the hit. Like, if he leaves his feet to make that hit, okay, yeah, call targeting all you want to. There's intent in that. Percy made a football play. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's total crap. Again, you could tell with the way Billy reacted. Billy never reacts that way, ever. Um, So, and then Percy, I mean... <laughs> Percy just laughed it off. Cause I mean, what, what are you what are you gonna do? But no, uh, like, like I said, this offseason, the college football, the NCAA, the playoff committee, whoever has to look at it, they have to sit down and rewrite the targeting rule. 
because right now it's way too, like you said, it's way too broad. It's way too subjective. It, it's almost opinionated. Well, it's hurting the game. That's the most important thing. It is hurting the game. Yeah, and then now just I, I'm thinking him having to sit out the first half against the Georgia State team who, if you let them, has a pretty decent offense. Way more worried about Georgia State than any other game outside of App State. The two games that I looked at on the schedule and thought, oh, hell, App State, Georgia State on the road. After a quick turnaround, dude, look, they can play. They're athletic. Well, I know Georgia State's not on, the not, great. State's not on the road. On, on Thursday? Yeah, it's a home game. It's a home game in Lafayette? Yeah. Okay. I, this whole time I thought it was on the road. So we're at home. That's better. Uh, but still, they're athletic. Quad Brown can hurt you. I'm worried about the game. Well, Quad Quad Brown isn't really playing a whole hell of a lot. Um, Darren Granger. Darren Granger has been their starter. I guess Quad. Uh, quad hasn't there. Quad I, hasn't I started a whole lot last year. Quad hasn't started a game in about a month. Huh? Interesting. Is he injured? No. No, he because because he he's, he sees time every week. He's just not a starter. Wow. Well, obviously, I'm not following Georgia State very well. I mean, why would you have a reason to? Right? In my defense. I mean, yeah, what, what what reason would you follow Georgia State? But, but yeah, Brown was very dangerous against us last year. I, I agreed. That's why I, I thought, um, let's see, quad stats on the year. He has he has thrown eighty one passes, completed forty two of them for three hundred eighty four yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions. Not great, but I mean he's only thrown eighty one passes through eight games. Um, but yeah, no, definitely Darren guess, Ranger has has been has been. We'll their look guy ahead next year. week, but I will say, look, the defense came to play. They were nasty ninety percent of that game. Vitt was a surprise. Percy played well outside of the BS targeting play. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Uh, Zion was an absolute dog today. Uh, Offensive line, A++++. Uh, Maybe the best they played in six, seven games as a unit. Yep, I thought they were were very solid. Yeah, I, I, I thought Terrence Williams gave you some nice carries. I thought, you know. Trail continues to get better and better. He's going to be a force going forward. Uh, I'm always happy to see tight ends catch passes. We saw that today. Hunter, uh, Hunter Bergeron getting oh, a touchdown. That's it. You know, when when Hunter's catching touchdown passes, I mean, you know the offense is going in the right direction. Look, uh, Levi was terrible in the first half. I mean, let's be honest. I told Jerry when we were leaving, I said, you know, there's a lot of positives today. But how on brand is it for Levi to be – Awful in the first half, but also break a school record in the same game on homecoming. Yep. Just perfect. Just perfect. And, 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 uh, and, he did and throw the, some dimes, and I'll give him that. And the and the king punching it in. The king. Look, I love. This is why I, I think this is why the players like Billy, and this is why I personally like Billy. He was gonna get TJ a carry for a touchdown. That was gonna happen. It was game plan. 
Oh, yeah. They, they get down on there. Chandler Fields leaves a great drive down the field, looked poised, great footwork, he made some good decisions, even ran a little bit. Don't tell me Chandler can't run. I saw it. Uh, they get down there on the two- or three-yard line, and they, they give it to TJ three times. Just punch it in, big fella. And he did. So, hail to the king, touchdown, absolute domination by the Cajuns today. Yeah, absolute. what a what a, what a great game, not, what a great day. Not many negatives. Not many negatives Ooh, at all. Not, not at all. You know, I want to add something, too. Um, you know, people are going to say, well, it was Texas State. But let's be honest. We haven't had a dominating win like this in conference in a very long time. Uh, you, you look, this was, this was our first shutout since, I believe, against Lamar in 2012. This was the first time that Texas State had been shut out, I believe, since 2001. Um, look, that was, like you guys said, that was pure domination against a conference, a conference opponent. A division um, opponent. A division opponent. On top of that, you know, we, we all laugh about how, you know, the Cajuns won't be able to cover this 21-point spread. And they blew it out of the water. Myself included. We all said it. 45 to nothing. And, you know, one one shout out. We all picked the lay to the the point. So, just want to say, Razor Review now 5-3 and on the year. One shout out I got to give. Nate Snyder. Three for four on field goals. Hey, Nate can make field goals. Yes, sir. Look, that first kick. That first kick he missed, I'm like, oh, crap. Oh gosh! The I said the exact guy, same just, thing. He doesn't have it, and then dude nailed three straight. The one before halftime, I believe, was a forty-five or forty-six yeah, yarder. It was a good one. Almost had a That's delay right. of game call. Had to rush the kick, yep. and he drills it. Maybe we should just rush the kick from now on. You know, send the field goal team out well, with about I mean, fifteen we, seconds we, on the said play this, clock. We, we we've said this forever, <laughs> man. Field goal kicking—that's a mental thing. The less he has to think, the better. Yeah. Just snap the ball and kick it. He's like a golfer. Don't let him think. Just walk up and hit the shot. Just snap the ball and kick it. When he drilled that kick before halftime, everything just kind of changed. But but to go three for four today, and and, I mean, those three kicks were some solid kicks. Well done by Nate. And I'm hoping he found his groove back because we will need him now moving forward. Um, For sure. But, you know, one thing about Georgia's uh, state, on Thursday, I think the hardest thing is is you hope this momentum keeps going in a five-day turnaround um, because after this, you have two tough games on the road at Troy, at Liberty, and then you come back against, a, you know, obviously, UL Monroe's not playing well right now against App, but they've always played the Cajuns close at Cajun Field. Um, so, you know, every game's going to matter now. And, of course, if, you know, ULM, I mean, they're pretty much on track to lose today. Ah. Uh, I would think we're we're one step closer. If not, I think we I might think you, clinch. Think, do we, do we already, clinch the West today? If they lose, I think we've already clinched it. Yeah. Okay, so now you're in the now you're in the championship game by default. Um, but you can't let go of the gas. Pedal. Louisiana Tech came back. Pedal. Louisiana Tech's beating Old Dominion twenty to seventeen in the fourth. Come on, Sunbelt Conference member Old Dominion. Yeah. Beat Tech. App up on ULM fifty nine to twenty eight minute and a half left in the game. Well, um, it's hey before we two. go, before we go, I will have this episode up ASAP, eight p.m. tonight, two and a half hours from now. Twitter space, come hang out with us. We're gonna have an open conversation about the new changes in the conference realignment, the game today, the game Thursday. 
really just anything. Astros, Saints, whatever the hell y'all want to talk about. We can have a conversation about it. Come hang out with us on Twitter tonight, 8 o'clock. It'll be a good time. Yeah, and also, too, I want to add, um, you know, I I, I have to say it again. Shout out to Cajun Nation. You know, again, it was very concerning about the 11 o'clock kickoff, but 28 to 29,000 people was... we finally had an opportunity to have a real home game. And, yeah, they moved it up to 11. But, you know, sometimes the fan bases, need, they need an opportunity to spread their wings. And we had that today. You know, shit, if, we, if it had been 4 o'clock, you might have got 35,000 people. You know? Hell, I, mean, I, th- look, I think you would have gotten 35,000 people. Everybody showed up, showed out. I saw a lot of fun being had. Tailgating was okay. But, you know, just the turnout for the game was very impressive and you know, it was almost like shades of, of old where the stadium had 25 to 27 and also the tailgate spot still carried, you know, 15, 20,000 people. I'm going to tell you. There was a lot of people on the property today. I'm going to oh, tell yeah. you. Outstanding. I'm going to tell you right now. You keep winning. You go beat Liberty in a couple weeks. That ULM game the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Cajun Field's going to be rocking. Also, Let me tell you, also, when we host the Sun Belt Championship game, oh, that's going to be the most out. attended Cajun football game in history. That's going to be wild. Keep an eye, keep an eye out on the top twenty-five polls. Yep. Cajuns are literally knocking on the door. We're this be in this win today should solidify a top twenty-five spot for tomorrow, especially with yep. a couple top I twenty-five teams to losing. 25. How, yep, how amazing! Absolutely. Now, and that's gonna. I'm gonna add that in my uh, man. I tell you what segment uh, this coming week. Uh, I've been, I got a few, I appreciate the love we've gotten from listeners and fans of my segment. I thought I'd speak from the heart, but I, I have to keep it going because it's just, you know, we're sitting here 45, nothing victory against a conference opponent right outside the top 25 homecoming crowd of 28, 29,000 fans. We used to be on the other side of this not too long ago. It's nice to finally be on the right side of things for once. Um, and it's just, man, it's just a great time being a Cajun fan. I'm loving it. It's it's amazing. Speaking of, real quick, there was a lot of D-bags dressed up as LSU fans today. Y'all notice that? I maybe did not. Maybe they're, maybe they're considering switching allegiances because, you know, the, the purple mess on the other side of the basin is having a struggle. Hey. Maybe, we're, hey, maybe some prospects fans. You never know. Look. Look, if the Walmart fans want to change their clothing and spend oh money God. to come to UL games, I'm all for it, man. Hey, they, pay, if you're buying I'll a ticket, if you're buying a ticket, you're buying a ticket, come on. Come on down. 45 nothing. Cajuns are 7 and 1, 5 and 0 oh in the Sun Belt Conference. Texas State falls to 2 and 6. For the four, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Nothing's official yet, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We're a four-time West Division champion, boys. God, that feels good. God, that feels good. Stick around. Like I said, Twitter space tonight. We'll come at you early, early this week with the behind enemy lines due to the short turnaround. Uh, A lot of fun to be had in Cajun Nation, as usual. Big Cat, take us out.